Welcome to Common Sense Podcast. I'm your host, Kendra, and together we will talk with some of the nation's leading experts on balancing success and self-care. Also, we will discuss how to manage the interrelationship between mind, body, and soul. So you guys sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Listeners, you are going to be amazed by Marshawn Evans Daniels. Her new book, Believe Bigger, is out now and you should go purchase it now. Um, We're interviewing her and just chatting up with her about some of her topics. Distinguishing your talents from your gifts. Little me versus future me. Split rock moments. And she profits. So you guys get your pens out, your paper, and just take the nuggets that Marshawn is giving you. Because I promise you, you're going to use them for the rest of your life. So remember to get the show notes on thekindrabell.com. And also visit Marshawn's website at marshawn.com. And you can purchase the book, preview upcoming dates, and check out some of her courses. The title is Believe Bigger, Discover the Path to Your Life purpose. And I discovered that that's true, but that often purpose travels through the corridor of pain and disruption, unexpected circumstances that happen in our lives. So I was running my own sports agency. I had been doing that for about three years. I left my law firm at 26 years old to start my own sports agency. I had been on The Apprentice. I had just published this book also that was out called Skirts in the Boardroom. My sports agency was growing really quickly. It was the fastest growing woman on sports agency in less than a year. My first client was the highest paid defensive end in the NFL. He had just signed a $62 million seven-year deal. The New Orleans Saints, I know that you are a Louisianian. Yes. And so um, life seemed to be really great. Got this great career. I have a book out. I'm doing a lot of television and I'm also engaged and having the first time taste of what it's like to also be a mom to three kids, three bonus kids. And I'm preparing to blend my life. And I decided to close my sports agency down for love, for moving, and just going to move to Chicago, get situated with being a new mom and take a break for once. But if you want to say, let me take care of you. You don't have to work so hard and just prepare for this transition and don't feel pressured. And for the first time in my life, I was like, oh, I don't have to hustle. I don't have to grind. I don't have to work. And really looking forward to just starting a new new season of life. So I close my sports agency down. I give I transition all my sports and, ath- and professional sports clients, mostly NFL, NBA players, some WNBA and Major League Baseball, to other representation. And then I find out six days before my wedding that my fiance is cheating on me. And I find out while he's on the plane on his way to Atlanta for wedding week. And so I'll let those who read the book find out. But it gets good really fast um, <laughs> in terms of really going into not just what happened, but how it happened wow. and what the um, uncovery process was like of conti- it continuing to find out more information about uh, that, how I, I didn't even know what was going on. And it was totally caught me off guard as it does for many women, but some women know and yes, they, they continue do. forward. And I didn't have a clue. I didn't see this coming my way. I didn't feel like 
I was the type of woman that this would happen to. And so it really disrupted my mind. It disrupted my faith, it disrupted my life, my finances. Again, I closed my business down. So now I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. And coming out of Georgetown Law and having everyone look to you as this expert and someone who is successful, it's difficult to be at a mountaintop and then to find yourself at rock bottom so quickly in the blink of an eye. And it's one thing to fall. It's another It's another thing when the one who was supposed to catch you is the very person who dropped you. And so that created a, a rock bottom, but also an awakening. But I had to make a decision to be better and not bitter. And that was not easy. I know it's a, it's a popular quote to say, but it's difficult when you're in bed in depression and when you don't know how you're going to pay your bills and when it's embarrassing because you have this public wedding and hundreds of people have bought plane tickets to come in and to tell them this is not happening. <laughs> and, right. You know, the wedding dresses and the cake and the flowers and everything that had been already purchased. So it was a dark time. It was a difficult time. And one of the things I share at the beginning of Believe Bigger is also the reality of what it's like as an ambitious woman to have the wind taken out of her sails. Right. And so I wanted to create a reality that people can look at now and see the successful company and business and and all of that, but all of us go through something and I call them split rock moments. And the question is, what is yours or what will yours be? I love that. You know, and we're touching on therapists and depression and it's National Mental Health Awareness Month. And I think that's just so prophetic because you've actually gone through this. You've talked with a therapist. I went through that. For me, the zeal and the ambition was gone. I was like, what am I doing here? You have to figure out what you want to do for the rest of your life. And that's scary. It is. But it's also, um, it's the path. It's actually what it looks like. We think that the path to significance and success is pretty, but it's really quite windy and unpredictable. And it's not a bad thing. God's unpredictable. And the more predictable our lives are, the question is, is he really in it? Because there's nothing predictable about who God is or how he operates. And we don't need faith for the things that we can see. We need faith for what we cannot see. Challenges and stretches us to find what we never knew existed because we're stepping into the unseen realm, which again is what we cannot see, but it's probably what was meant for us all along. And for me, I think that has been one of the hardest things for me to realize because sometimes you kind of wander in what if land. And um, what if I've done this? What if this could have been? But this is not what God has called you to be. God sent you here for a particular time, for a particular purpose. And you have to go with the flow. And um, I think that's one of the reasons why I have watched you on Instagram and Facebook and just your words of encouragement. I love that about you and your entrepreneurship that you just didn't keep for yourself, but you spread it to women across the world. Amen. Thank you. One of the questions I have for you, what do you think is one of the most important keys to pouring life back into your in your inner self how do you do that well I actually do write a lot about the journey out of what I call the gap and the gap is a place where most people are right now it can be a purpose purgatory, a pit, going in circles, um, staying stuck in the past, in regret and worry, anxiety can set in, a deep sense of distrust of people and of yourself. And all of these are traps. Right. They're all very easy to fall into and they all seem natural. And sometimes they're even watered by our friends and in our family because they are either traumatized or addicted to drama as well. And so they continue to fuel it and feed it. So the first thing I think is important is to recognize that your life is not your own. 
I think because we don't have a great understanding of purpose and a great appreciation for it, we're very complacent with destiny and assignment. We talk about it, but we consider it an option like a career choice. Maybe I'll do this. Maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll go in this direction or maybe I'll do that. And because we're complacent, we don't have a sacredness for calling or even our own divine identity, our necessity. And so part of the goal with Belief Bigger is to get women to understand that we matter, that we're significant, that we're necessary, that we are a unique expression of an exclusive idea of God, that each of us is so very central to his master plan. Right. Not optional, not an accessory, not the cherry on top or the main dish. And that there's a link in history, a link in time that we're baton carriers that carry forth the full expression and manifestation of God's will and intention. So when you get that <laughs> in you and understand that you are necessary, um, that to me is the beginning of, even if it's a struggle to believe that, the path to me to step into a greater level of purpose and your calling and healing and joy is to one, recognize my life is not my own. Yes. And therefore, let me look at this situation as not something that has happened to me, but is something that is happening for me. And even deeper than that, perhaps it's because of something inside of me that is trying to burst out. Maybe the attack was never an attack. It was an awakening. Maybe it wasn't an attack. It was an alignment. And maybe it wasn't an attack. It was an invitation to a higher version of myself. And what if everything that you've prayed for, that you were born for, that you're looking for, that you're waiting for, and that you were destined for is on the other side of what seems to be awful and devastating? And what if this is the only doorway for you to get through it? And this is why most people don't move forward is because we stay stuck in a misperception of what's happening in our lives right now or what's happened in our lives in the past. And so much of, of shifting into bigger, living bolder is having the mindset, the belief, the ability to perceive and see what you're receiving, what you're experiencing, and to put it in context, that's maturity. I believe the first thing is to recognize your life is not your own. The second thing is to get a bigger vision than what you've been through. To believe bigger means to believe bigger than what you've been through and who you've been. Perhaps this had to happen to break you up with yourself, right. to break you up with the way that you used to think because it's blocking the thing that you say you want and you can't take old thinking into a new place because the difficult things that happen in our lives, a lot of times we have a co-participation with the people or the problems or the obstacles. And we like to blame other things, but recognizing what role did I play in ending up at this point in my life? But what also role do I play in my future? So the third and last thing I'll say, it's first, um, recognize your life is not your own to get a bigger vision, but then decide like you actually believe what you say you believe. Like make bigger decisions, get a new circle, invest in yourself, build what it is that you say you believe in and act like, decide like what you just say you believe, decide in accordance with that new vision, decide as a woman who knows that her life is not her own. And so what we get is not what we want. What we get is what we decide. You got to make bigger decisions as well. Oh my God, I love that. This is amazing. I needed this and so many listeners need this. You mentioned baton twirling and you're legally blind in one eye. So Mm -hmm. that was never supposed to happen? Well, it was never predicted 
it wasn't predictable. It wasn't a paved path that anyone would recommend because of a disability. It was supposed to happen. And I learned language is really important. When I was coming out of the season of trying to work on myself after calling my engagement off, I used to say the wedding that was supposed to happen. And I realized it was never supposed to happen. It was scheduled. Wow. But what you schedule versus what's supposed to happen are two different things. And regret is feeling like things could be different. They could have been different. It was supposed to be different. And that supposed to word is so dangerous dangerous to pulling us back into a, a loop of regret and a loop of reflecting on what could have been or should have been. And that's a dangerous inner story to tell yourself. Yes. You got to catch ourselves every day. I was supposed to do what I was told I couldn't do. It wasn't predicted. It wasn't expected, but it doesn't mean it wasn't intended, which it was. I love it. It's, it's almost like we set the boundaries for ourselves. We could do it if you just take the boundaries off. Yeah which is amazing. Kind of going through some of your past interviews, there were some quotes and that you threw out just blew my mind. And one of them was, God cares more about our character than our calling. Mm -hmm. And you have to explain that. We're so caught up in calling because we're busy. We have the Martha syndrome of do, 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 do. And as though that's where our, our identity and our worth and relevance comes from. So because we're so doing oriented, we're always looking for the next way to help people. We're rushing into service and God is less concerned with our doing. He's more concerned with our being, which is why he wants the time like Mary did at his feet, like be with me. Let me cultivate your character. Let me cultivate um, your spirit, your soul. Let me give you rest. Let me let you know how important you are because it's that inner knowing that determines who you are. Yes. And it's out of the overflow of your heart that your mouth will speak. It's out of the overflow of your heart that your life will be able to manifest. You can't produce what you don't have. You can't manifest what's not already inside. And so character is what is within. And he's more concerned with the heart condition with the condition of our mind and with the condition of our spirit in terms of, so all of that together, our ethics, our ability to respond. Responsibility literally means ability, responsibility, the ability to respond. All of that is character. And we think that sometimes God is slow, but really he's strategic because he understands that our internal system is still miswired in such a way that we don't have the depth necessary to handle the capacity of the calling the magnitude of what he's trying to build and prepare in us. So the character is about an inner wiring, the inner architectural <laughs> engineering, if you will, to make sure we can go the distance. And he does want us on the path of calling, but our calling and our purpose, they're a little different, but they are with us all the time. Right. And so we pursue the, the finish line without the proper training, then we won't even be prepared to properly run the race. Oh, that is so great. Oh, I love it. That's what I want my listeners to do with your book, a woman that has sat with God and allowed him to use her in every aspect of the world. This is wisdom that needs to be passed down generation to generation. Operating in the realm that God has promised was mm -hmm. one that I love and distinguishing your talents versus your gifts. Mm -hmm. That's another one that I love. We talked about the split rock moments, but can we kind of just go back on distinguishing your talents versus your gifts? Yeah. So talent is what you've trained to do. Gifts are what you were built to be. There's a difference again in what you decide. You can be anything you decide, but it doesn't mean it's how you were 
designed and destined. Anything that you water will grow. Right. You want to water what you want to grow though. And oftentimes we've watered in the wrong garden. We know about seed time and harvest, right. but it doesn't mean that the seeds that were planted and that we've watered were are representative of the garden that was meant for us to flourish in. So for me, being a lawyer was a talent for me. I was very good at it, um, but I wasn't passionate about it as I thought I would. I had this image of what I thought it would be and what it would mean. And it would also be a thing of prestige. And oftentimes, right. particularly for women, color, and it's our first generation opportunity. We're not really pursuing things solely because of impact, but because of income and necessarily so first generation to create legacy and to have these positions. And so pursuing something that is prestigious for your family or that you feel is also even just responsible that you need to do to take care of your family. A lot of decisions that we make become our careers. These lanes become our life. And so these talents are great. They give us skill and depth. I look at it like Christ being the carpenter, working with your hands, being capable. That's necessary. Christ recruited disciples who were in, who were working. He recruited them while they were in the middle of work. So calling will come in the middle of oftentimes a career, but I believe God recruited those who he knew were diligent. So the talent season is important, but it doesn't mean that it's all that you are. It's like a sharpshooter in military who is needing to develop his skills as a marksman so that one day he'll be prepared for battle, but then also be prepared to lead. And then even after that, be prepared to teach others how to do the same. You can't teach, which is what most people want to do right now and fast tracking and skipping steps and not being good at what they do, but they just want to throw up a website and a social media page and say, hey, here, hire me. I'm a smart, wise person with zero depth, with zero fruit, if you will call it or results as the business world calls it to actually show and to teach others what you have not mastered is hollow. The gift though is what we definitely want to groom to step into our voice, to step into our superpowers. It can be different things. For me, it's messaging and income generation. Those are two of my superpowers, I believe. Now drafting contracts, I'm good at, but I'm not built to do it. It's not what I was designed for, but I've met people who are built to do it and that's who I hire now as a lawyer. It's their master gifting is being an advocate for people in the area of law. So where is your area where you are an advocate, where you are a marksman, where you are mastery, things that come easy to you? So those are the differences. It's a discovery process. It's not just quick, quick question with a quick answer. And this is why most people miss it as well, because they don't really value process. To really look at yourself and to say, wow, let me do self-inventory. The same way that you'll search through and look for the right shoes to wear or the right bundle to put in your hair, spend significant time getting to know your divine identity. At this point, I do not want to repeat this. So I am going to put as much in that God will give me. If I can be able to just take time and just let God pour into me every morning or every afternoon and just give me, this is where we're going, Kendra. And he'll give me that glimpse of just what it could be, then I have to make sure I'm ready to pour into somebody else because you can't pour empty. It's not going to happen. It's not about the money. And that took me a long time to realize that. It's something that I'm passionate about. I mean, I right now I have a temperature of like almost 100, but I love what I do. Well, let me say one thing about the money. It is about the money if it's about the money, but it, everything isn't about the money. And it's an important distinction to make because a lot of times we say that to give us permission 
and not to focus. But we don't want it to be an obsession or an idol. But if you're in business or building something that requires, it's not a ministry, then you re- even if it is a ministry, you still have to focus on creating a plan. <laughs> and so um, a lot of times I think as women will say, it's not about the money in part because we're not sure how to create a plan around that and blend our passion because sometimes passion can be blinding and difficult to decipher between and difficult to prioritize. Right. You know, where does this fall versus that fall? So as the the business coach and strategist and owner in me is like, well, if it's a for-profit, it is about the money. It's not, the mission isn't the money, but the structure, the plan, the payroll, the um, the pricing, the positioning, the launching, the marketing, the costs. There is a, a money mindset. And I think that part of what's wrong is that church has made us, um, ingrained us in such a way to so displace it that for fear that we don't have the capacity to understand how to hold money in the right place is what's caused people to have money out of place because we're not right. properly taught it. But you look at other cultures, the Jewish culture, even Muslim um, faith and Muslim societies actually they have no problem with wealth they have no problem with that God being a representation of wealth is and looks like and what they look at is taking territory in their world is opulence and and they build in prayer time into their culture and even the Jewish culture looks at being wise and being business owners as a part as an extension of their faith but Christians have it twisted and um, Jesus taught the disciples not to take money with them, but that they would learn how to be, how provision, how it really, where it really comes from and that they would have more than enough, that they would be the multipliers to take little and make much with it. And so money is important. And it is um, one of my goals in this season through a program we're opening up called She Profits is to help women to erase bad thinking and toxic thinking around the very things that keep them out of their purpose in part being able to live it. I shouldn't say out of purpose, but being able to live it at the full level um, where I don't believe we're supposed to have drive by experiences with mm. the thing that we were built to do. So, um, but to do that, we need to have the skills necessary to multiply what we've been given to multiply the talents versus talent in terms of ability, talent in terms of coin. And um, focusing on that is not bad. It's wise. It's wisdom. Right. In the book of Proverbs, Proverbs refers to wisdom in the feminine sense. And the, and the fruition of all of that at the very end, the very last chapter is a woman that we refer to as the Proverbs 31 woman who was a rich woman. And so giving the permission around that, um, removing the scales and the heaviness and the, and the, and the, faulty, religious, spiritual, archaic, old, and untrue teachings around God's intention for us as women. Um, Esther became queen. She yeah. trained, but she also came into a place of leadership, governance, and wealth. And it's not that that's the, the mission of our lives, but it doesn't mean it's not the intention for our lives either. I love that. I love it. And you must be looking at my notes because I was just going into... <laughs> God, the confidence and she profits. That is so funny. Oh my God. <laughs> so that, yeah. Oh my God. That is amazing. Um, because that blew my mind with that and the purpose map. Those were some of the things I wanted you to talk about. Um, so tell us a little bit about the purpose map too. The core focus of the book. Um, and it talks yeah. about the five stages of purposes. 
purpose. Sure, sure. Well, I know that we're running a little bit tight on time, so I'll try to do it tightly. Um, the uh, purpose map is something that I discovered in going through the healing process after my engagement. Um, I called that off and the wedding being calling that off as well. And as I was working on myself, going through the process of healing in quiet time and also figuring out how I'm going to pay my bills again, all of those things together, I started working with women and um, particularly helping them to build their businesses and their brands, taking what I had learned in professional sports and managing pro athletes and helping women learn how to grow their businesses too. And um, I remember a gentleman by the name of Desmond Landers. He said, I want to volunteer to work with you. And if you love, if I'm able to help you, I'd love for you to do an endorsement for me um, with my business. Okay. Okay. And he was the first person who told me that that's where I needed to focus. And I never would have thought about it. Never would have seen it because it wasn't what I was doing. I was doing sports and I was a motivational speaker, but coaching wasn't what it is now in terms of it being a hot thing to do. Gotcha. Um, so through that, I, I was journaling one day after I started my conferences, started to grow, and I have a business journal uh, with ideas and concepts, and I drew out what is now called the purpose map, and um, I shared it. Um, I started sharing it and teaching it in my programs. And so I recognize that everyone is supposed to go through all five stages. This is what the journey of life is supposed to look like, the step, stepping into your life mission and calling. Most people never make it out of stage two. So stage one is called discovery. Discovery is where we ask the question, who am I supposed to be? This is where we learn the do's and don'ts of life, and each of us individually develop what I call a set of the rules. My rules will be different than yours, but each of our rules regulate our life. They tell us who we're supposed to be, who we're good enough to be, but it's also where we learn to shrink, to um, people please. We learn protocol, and we learn to color within the lines as opposed to out of the lines. And we play it safe, or we find a path worthy of praise that would be successful. So these rules lead us into stage two, which is talent. And talent is where we ask the question, who did I decide to be? Now, again, you can be anyone that you decide. You can be anything that you decide. Our life is a byproduct of decisions. And so in talent, we climb one of five talent mountains. And I'll let those who read the book learn what those are. But these mountains become also addictions. And I, I, I say and believe figure that every woman is an addict. The question is, which type of addict is she and are you? Gotcha. And one of the mountains could be like marriage or motherhood. And sometimes we think that's our identity. But these identities become these titles and these titles become idols. And the story we tell ourselves about who we believe we are becomes this rigid inner story that we hold and don't let go of. It's a label that becomes a fable. And it blocks us from something bigger. And so what will happen is a split rock moment will come in. In chapter two, I talk about split rock moments. For me, it was infidelity. But it comes in to break us up from what is the comfort zone, which comprises both discovery and And then um, from there, we move ourselves, we find ourselves split rocked into often the gap. Um, And the gap is this in-between place in stage three where we ask the question, what is happening to me? It seems like your life is crumbling, like things aren't going the way that you want. And it seems like everything is happening 
to you, like you're under attack, right. as opposed to recognizing that it's an awakening happening for you. And we want to move from the gap into what is called the shift. And the shift is really where we should be in this transitional place so we don't stay stuck going in circles like the Israelites wandering in the wilderness, because that's that middle place. It's your place of transition. Right. So if we make bigger decisions, we'll shift out of the gap and into stage four, which is called gifts. And in gifts, we ask the question, who was I born to be? How did God really design me? And this is where we discover our gifts. We discover our superpowers and we also discover our voice. I say and believe bigger that each of us is in any season of life, student and teacher. In the first two stages of the comfort zone, we're really student. We're learning mastery. But if we don't understand that we're teacher, we don't understand why we've been through what we've been through and why we're learning. And even though that learning is for a season, that one day we'll be called to lead and to teach. And so gifts are designed to help us understand who we really are, how we're wired, but ultimately where we're called to lead. And I say where is more important than your why when it comes to understanding purpose, because where is about a position of assignment. Where are you now leading where are you now being led to lead others is the question as we move into the final stage, which is stage five called influence. Influence stage is all about legacy and it's all about leaving an impact and expanding the classroom that is your life. Um, we ask the question in stage four, um, where am I now being led to lead? And that's the question really about pur what purpose is all about. It's not whether you're called to lead, it's where you're called to lead. Each of us is designed for this. God's not a respecter of persons. And as you find the vision of what God has, his plan for your leadership, his divine wiring for how he's wired you to lead, even creatively, whether you are great with kids and you help like my brother, he's excellent with helping kids believe in their self and their ability on the sports field. And that's how he builds their self-esteem and their identity. And he, it flows out of him like, um, like breathing. Wow. So perhaps you're a scientist and the creative way that you work is going to solve the infiltration system. That's going to enable us to have clean water better water that reverses issues of cancer and issues in society. That's leadership too. And it's not just about a platform. It's not just about um, what things look like on social media or what your audience seems to look like in terms of metrics and numbers, but it is about the intention of your life being fulfilled, the creative expression, the ideological expression that God has exclusively placed his DNA inside of you. And that's what influence is about. It's about being available. And it's also about, um, people seeing the best of themselves when you show up as the best of yourself. And so these are the five stages of purpose. Um, I break it down and I think it's an important language for women today to adopt and men as well. I believe it's going to be very similar um, to the way we use the five love languages is that yeah. now we have language to, to understand how to talk about purpose, how to talk about difficulties. There's split rock moments. It's not an attack. It's an awakening. Perhaps you're feeling the tug. All of these different nuggets and tools. And even the last thing I'll say is the battle between little me and future me, the voice of fear and the voice of faith. All of this is outlined in Believe Bigger. It's been called a purpose textbook, but also, <laughs> you know, there's the story of infidelity. There's lots of stories of other women and stories, um, not just mine, and, and even the women that I've worked with, but also understanding Mary, Elizabeth, Eve. Um, so it's a very comprehensive book. It took me three years to work on this, and it's my intention that it would truly shift not just how you think, but who you become and what you leave behind in your life. 
I love it because all of that, it matters and it transcends throughout your life. And oh my God, where can the listeners purchase the book? Um, I know there's Amazon. It, will there be an Audible? I mean, where are we going with this? I love it. So the book's available everywhere books are sold. Um, mm-hmm. It is, you can go to believebigger.com. And we have bundles there that are discounted bundles with some bonuses. For example, if you get the book, you also can get a free vision board workshop. And um, there's a 21-day devotional if you get three copies. And then there's other purpose mastery classes that I've created as well that are all complimentary gifts that most people invest in separately. But you get these with bundle purchases of the book. Um, It's on Amazon, Books a Million. It's at all the Barnes and Nobles and all the Books a Millions. Um, almost pretty much everywhere books are sold in Lifeway, uh, Christianbooks.com, Mardell's. And if it's not there, tell your uh, retailer that you want them to carry it yes. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but be sure that you get that. And then also a comp- another resource <laughs> I want to share is, is for those who feel like God's really calling part of your purpose is your voice and using your voice in a greater way. There's a resource I have at Marshawn.com that's hidden. You can't actually find it on the main page. But if you go to Marshawn.com forward slash get started speaking, there is a resource there. It's a class that you can purchase on how to get started as a speaker, how to start sharing your wisdom, your voice, your thoughts um, with other people. And to me, I talk and believe bigger how our voice is our ultimate superpower. But I also believe it's one of the pathways into a prosperous place for women, particularly destiny-minded women. So make sure you get the book. But if you have that, um, oh, and it's also an audio book. We have all of those formats. You can find that all on Amazon. But I think the best compliment that I would, complimentary resource that I would suggest to go with Believe Bigger for the woman who is listening is the get, Getting Started system for speakers as well to show you how to take this, take your discovery, take your revelation, and now start sharing your voice and your message with the masses. I love it because I need that. So <laughs> I do. That is where I, yeah, that's where I fall. So and I, <laughs> of course. that fall in that. So I'm like, yes, I'll be signing up with that one. Um, I'm trying to take as many classes as I can on speaking. So um, awesome. yeah, I definitely be looking in that. Any sure. upcoming dates? Um, well, you know, the best thing to do is if you go to Marshawn.com, you'll see my whole events calendar of what's coming up, um, conferences that I'm producing, our tours, and even other events where I'm speaking where you can get tickets to attend. Um, so believebigger.com is where you can get the book. Um, Marshawn.com is where you can see my schedule. And then if you go to Marshawn.com forward slash get started speaking is where you can get enrolled in the getting started system for speakers course. I love it. I love it. Well, Marshawn, thank you so much for joining us today. And I have to thank your father again for making this happen. The power of the parent. So um, yes, listeners, go out and buy the book. And if God is leading you to take the class, As we always say, use your common sense and get the class. Marshawn, thank you so much. You are welcome. Thank you. Thank you.